welcome to the definitive guide for MER, most commonly known as marketing efficiency ratio. This is probably the measurement du jour on the internet these days. It's really become popular after Facebook deprecated the 28-day click one debut, and we're going to get behind that as it's happening. So what we're going to cover today is what is it? What are my issues with it? Why it's really popular? Why it's not very valuable in some context around that stuff? And honestly, what questions you should be asking? What questions it brings up that doesn't answer? Why everybody loves it? Why it might be a good thing? And ultimately, how you should be thinking about your advertising to move forward so that you can scale your business and make more money and have more fun and enjoy more life with more sex and less stress. Let's go! Oh. That was one breath. Anyway, thank you so much. I know you could be literally anywhere on the internet right now, and you've decided to pay attention to me as I've been so lovingly described, that random weird dude yelling at me, and I appreciate it because your time is something you can't give back, right? Money comes and goes, all sorts of things happen, but time is important. And I really, really appreciate that. And it has meant the world to me to get to meet more and more of you where this time was valuable to you. I understand and I take the responsibility to make sure that what I share with you is meaningful and important and valuable for you. If you like this stuff and you want more, go ahead and smash the subscribe, the like button, comment below with all of your things that you don't like, reply with all of your questions or stuff you don't understand, share this with your friends. If you want more things, I've always got my weekly webinars going on. You can check it out at apply.facebookdisruptor.com. I got a brand new newsletter, The Shape of Disrupt to Come. If you want to know what all the experts are going to talk about in a year or two, why not know it now? This is one of the big things, and shout out to my man, Cody Plofker from Jones Road Beauty for uh, inspiring this. Uh, he asked me a question as I was driving to band practice on Monday, and I felt like, you know what? This deserves a definitive guide because this is a deep subject. So with all that being said, thank you so much. Let's dive into it. So number one, MER, marketing efficiency ratio. Basically, this is more or less the measurement of I've spent X amount of money, and I've made X amounts of money. That sounds awfully familiar, right? That is a return on my ad spend. Now, we can definitely account more than just ad spend into this, right? Which is why people really like it. So it's, it's row ads, but it also includes subscription and it also includes email and SMS. By the way, you need to get on the SMS train and everything else that's going on, right? It's not a channel-specific ROAS, it's a business-level ROAS, which is great. Let's say you got a ROAS yesterday of four. Congratulations. Um, What does that mean? And that's really where we got down to the problem with MER is a lack of insight. So let me ask you this. Say yesterday you got, let's say you're running media on Facebook. You got some TikTok going, a little bit of Google, maybe a little bit of native or display. You got some affiliate stuff, potentially some influencer stuff, potentially you got some email going on, or maybe you have something stupid, stupid, simple. And you've just got like TikTok, Facebook, and Google and email, which honestly, that is about the bare bones. If you're not on those four channels, I highly recommend you start using them in that way. And, and for the record, I would use TikTok at the top just to get as much shit as you possibly can into your ecosystem. You're working Facebook to really run full funnel uh, intent creation and market research. You're running G uh, Google or, and Bing, which remember, you can always copy your Google ads straight to Bing and it gets you like an 80x row ads because it's fucking stupid when people spend money for fucking nothing on there. And then you're using email to drive up, you know, reoccurring revenue and really get that free money. Here's the problem. I got four MER yesterday. What does that mean? 
Well, it means that yesterday I spent, say, a thousand dollars or a hundred bucks or fifty grand, and I got four times that back. Or well, I made four times that in revenue. So here's the context. Let me ask some questions. How much of that was from subscription? How much of that was from Google? How much of that was email? How much of that was Facebook? How much of that was TikTok or influencers, affiliates or anything else? And then the real issue is the actionableness of the data. What are you gonna do with that? I got an MER4 yesterday. Great, what are you gonna do today? Um, I don't know. If you have an MER2, what are you gonna do? You, there's, there's no action plan. It's just a signpost that says you are here, basically, right? There's, there's no actionable nature to this data other than a report card, which also in itself isn't accurate because that's revenue and spend. But what about on TV? What about returns? What about refunds? What about costs of goods? What about operating costs? What about everything that it takes to go ahead and make your business run? Uh, I don't know. So, so what if you're selling a slew of different products? Some of them you have a much greater margin between CPA and LTV, and some of them you have a smaller one, and some of them, you know, that's the second or third product coming in. The point is that MER doesn't really mean anything other than advertisers who are used to looking at Facebook ROAS that understand that that is a bad data point have now found a new version of that number to take in the holistic view of their business. And I can hear you say it, and I hope that you are thinking this. Well, it's not just one day. We got, we're looking at MER over week and over month. Fantastic. Are you running loss leaders at the top of the funnel to generate long-term income? Do you have a subscription product? Are you drop shipping on a product that nobody's ever gonna buy again? I would argue that MER might even be valuable because you're not building a business. You're just trying to extract money from people at all costs. I'm not trying to say anything negative about dropshipping. I'm just saying some people are doing dropshipping and some people have elevated to building a brand. And I think that most dropshippers know that's sort of the steps. And don't get me wrong. I think that's, that's valuable. Plenty of people made a ton of money on it. And, and I've helped people develop seven and eight figure dropshipping stores for years based around that because they've come from dropshipping and multi-level marketing into building a brand. Hell, I built a brand up to nearly $100 million that was basically a bootstrap version of multi-level marketing thing that we took into a legit brand. And like the mob, we went legit. The point here is we lack any insight into the data, which prevents us from getting any actionable data. The point is any data point that somebody gives you that doesn't help you make a decision or answer a question is a distraction and a waste of our time. So... It doesn't answer some questions. Now, I don't know if you like the show, but I'm a big fan of, you know, Dragon's Den or uh, Shark Tank. What do you see? After the pitch, we're like, all right, great. Now tell us the numbers. These are multimillionaire, billionaire investors. They say the same three things. How much does it cost to make? What is their customer acquisition cost? What is that customer worth to you? CPA, COGS, LTV. 
Those are the only things that actually matter when growing a business. I think far too many people that I see struggle. One, they try to do hockey stick growth, which is completely unsustainable, and then they tank afterwards. They can't get an exit strategy. They go past their means. They can't get an investor because they can't sustain that growth. So they're basically a bad investment. Those investors basically missed out on the massive return on their money. Now they're coming in at a plateau, and it's going to take them years to get a positive return at a two or three X multiple. So why would they invest in your business? Here's the point. If you want to grow your business, it's not about, well, I spent a thousand bucks today and I made 70 grand. Great. But how much did your product cost? When product cost you $80,000, you lost money. I argue you lost four grand. Plus, you have to pay yourself. And then there's operating costs. So the point is, what questions are not answered by MER? Well, there are some very basic questions that every business, every seven, eight, nine, every business I've taken from seven to eight or nine figures, every eight figure business has brought me in to help them exit. Every time I exited myself out of a brand that I've taken from six or seven to an eight or nine figure business, which I've done repeatedly now, we really focused on a small batch of questions. And here's the thing, MER does a really good job of asking these questions so for that it's valuable right and i would say sometimes when a data point gives you more questions than answers but it teaches you how to think properly that's great but you don't need that data point moving forward because ultimately you've learned the lesson and eventually you just ignore this shiny nice number that makes you feel good on some vanity metric for your ego and you start focusing on building a business so what are those things well Number one, we have to go to the golden equation of growth and acquisition marketing, which is CPA plus cost in parentheses, divided by LTV, which basically means how much does it cost to acquire a sale to how much is that customer worth? And I know, maybe that's not the first time they bought from you. And some of you will say, well, once somebody buys their customer, I shouldn't have to pay to market them again. And you know what? Fine. You can go that way and you can be chasing your tail, frustrated as hell, and I'll continue to grow because I don't give a shit. Every single transaction is either the beginning of or a continuation of a journey to an LTV. You should understand what media mix or what mix of your transactions, and this is a question, what mix of your transactions are new versus old? That's a number that doesn't really move that much when you look at it on aggregate monthly or weekly numbers in a trend line. Maybe it's 90% of transactions are new or 50% of transactions are returning customers, something like that. That number tends to be seasonal. It does tend to evolve. But that number is something that is fairly constant over time and moves slowly. The reason that that's really important is because that will give you a blended CPA, which is what people should be focusing on instead of MER. How much money are you willing to invest in acquiring a sale? Because you know how many of those sales are net new versus returning and ultimately how much any customer is worth long-term. So if you understand those numbers, then you can back into, this is an allowable blended CPA for my business. Now really fun tools like the Triple Whales of the World and the North Beam and some other folks that are not as popular, but a little bit more powerful. And 
whatever. I'm not going to get into all that stuff. They might have you a really sexy number called NCPA. New customer, new cost per acquisition. Basically, how much does it cost to acquire a new customer? Which is great. That's one part of this equation. Love it. So you can isolate down to just half of that data set, right? New customers instead of returning. Love that. But ultimately, if you know how much you're willing to pay to acquire a sale on a blended fashion between your TikToks and your Facebook and your Google ads and your email, your SMS, your influencer, your affiliate, maybe your podcast or whatever else you have going on, the blended all-in cost, factoring in COGS, and operational costs, because those are absolutely important. When you understand profit margin per transaction to LTV per customer, you can get down to a blended uh, CPA target, omni-channel. Now that's a number that is 100% more important. Because it doesn't matter if you made a four row, uh, four row, I said four row as meant four MER. It's the same nonsense number. And it doesn't matter if you got a four or a 10 or a 0. 0.8. I've scaled businesses to 30, 40, $50,000 a day at a 0. 0.8. I've seen businesses struggle to get out of $500 a day because they were running at a two and a half or a three. Businesses that are predicated on trying to make all their money on that day tend to be crippled at the lifetime value of their customer because they're not looking at the data points that are meaningful. They're looking at the front end and then praying for the best. Now, honestly, that's basically saying, how many people can I trick today and how many of them come back later? Versus how many people, what is the volume of CPA plus COGS to LTV journeys that I can either start or continue today. And this really gets us down to also the idea of you're probably promoting way too many offers, right? Because like if you get down to one or two offers, maybe a low ticket price and then a high ticket thing, like maybe you're running Ford and Lincoln. You know what I'm saying? They got rid of Mercury for a reason. You know what I mean? Maybe you have Chevy and Cadillac. You know what I mean? There's no fucking Pontiac anymore for a reason. Right? There's a reason that these things exist because they're hitting different price points. They're having different types of customers. They're ultimately mutually exclusive journeys and you can get one person to another. That's really important. And you can share operating costs between these two effectively different business verticals on the back end to make both of them more profitable because you're effectively running multiple businesses with one back end. So you can scale that solution, which is awesome. But more importantly, it helps getting down to this blended CPA number much easier. Because instead of trying to promote five things or a hundred things, you want to kiss a death, go to an investment banker and say you've got a hundred fucking SKUs. And then watch them try to keep a straight face while you tell them you got a plan that doesn't need you. And then ultimately, they're going to make a good investment by buying your company. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm just saying I failed repeatedly at doing that stuff and I have seen plenty of other people do it and I've got a lot of friends that are investment bankers and that is one of the banes of their existence. It's like, this company's great. Oh shit, you're promoting 137 SKUs. Well, come back to me when you get your shit together. That's basically what happens almost every time because you can't map out the volume 
of blended CPA target, right? You can't say the total acquisition volume of sales at CPA plus COGS divided by LTV. The volume of opportunities to make money. You want to make money? Making revenue, making money comes down to growing your business, comes down to one simple concept. It's this. How much is it a cost to acquire a transaction and make sure that that transaction's value is greater than that cost and then get more of those transactions? That's it. I mean, I've got an MBA. You know, I, I, like, I have a lot of years of school and, you know, driven a couple billion in my clients and students have driven a couple billion in revenue. But, but I will tell you, it comes down to that. And so my point here is MER doesn't tell you any of that. MER doesn't give you any context into that data. Now, maybe you're running a $30, $50, $100 offer. Maybe you're doing some subscriptions, you're doing some discounts, all this other stuff. Do you have any fucking clue how much profit you're making on any given sale and what that lifetime value of that customer is? Maybe you're doing a blend across all of them, but you're trying to hurt like 17 cats with five plates spinning in the air and then crossing your fingers and tapping your toes two times, spinning counter direction and hoping that you make money. There's a reason that you're struggling. I can tell you how many brands that I've seen at 500 did 2000 $5,000 in acquisition costs on a daily basis. They can't 5X their business because they're trying to run 5X the amount of businesses. So the point here is, if you have a cash cow, run it. But let's get back to those questions that are really important. So that's CPA plus COGS, right? Divided by LTV, right? That is margin per opportunity. And then your job is to increase the volume of those opportunities and reduce CPA plus improve LTV. That's it. You focus on one product, you stabilize CPA, great, just work on your LTV because now every single customer coming into your store looks and feels the same and it's a lot easier and a lot more effective and way higher confidence for much cheaper to then test how do I get this person to spend an extra five bucks? And then how do I get 2% more of them every week? 2% more every week is a free X growth on your business in, in a year. Now, if you can also do, say, 2% growth every week on your LTV, which is a bit more difficult, but if you can combine those, now you're talking about a 10X multiple, which I would say is honestly probably not a good idea. Like, don't grow your business that fast. But you're going to be in control of your growth of your business so you can sell a storyline. Because if you're running a business, really, you've got one product. That's your business. And I'm trying to tell you the questions that the person that's going to buy your business is going to ask. And if you give them a report that says, well, this is our MER, they're going to glaze over and wait for you to stop wasting their time. And if that is a waste of time for them, it's probably a waste of time for you. So let's get down to the other parts. The second question that gets asked is what channel do we take action on? MER4, I'm running TikTok, Google, Facebook, and email. What are we gonna do next? Well, I've got no fucking clue. Maybe we just say, well, we made more money, dump it into Facebook. Hey, that's not a bad idea. I think that's actually probably the smartest idea. If you don't have the integrity of CPA by, by channel, that's not the worst thing to do. 
because see, uh, Facebook will lift all channels. That's why it's the force multiplier to a successful business model. It is the gasoline for the fire, right? If you have a spark, it'll put it out. But if you got a raging fire and you drop some Facebook on it, that shit can be a fucking atom bomb. That's a great idea. But the point is you don't know what to do. Now say you're running four or five campaigns to support two or three different products. Where are you gonna spend that money? Let's say we're just gonna dump it into Facebook. Where? Are you gonna jack everything up 5%? Maybe. But is that any better than putting a blindfold on and just throwing a dart at the fucking wall? Not really. I mean, somebody's hopefully not spinning you in circles, so at least you're throwing it at the right wall and maybe you hit a fucking target. I thought you throw enough of them, you're gonna probably cluster around like something close to something valuable, right? Pin the tail on the donkey, maybe you don't hit the fucking fridge in the next room. Great. The point here is, if you don't understand your CPA targets by channel and by offer, by business objective, you don't know what to do. MER won't tell you that number. So you should be able to know that information that's a question you should ask if i do positive business what business objective by offer or by channel by product what business objective should i invest more in mer won't tell you that number number three your liabilities where is there non-incrementality there was a really big case study that was done with uber where they basically just cut like 10k a day and, and, and programmatic, and this isn't a shot at native, I can't make this stuff work, but that's not the way my brain works. I know plenty of people that are phenomenal at it and would say Facebook doesn't work. You know what, there's plenty of ways to build a business, and that's fine. But if you can prove, hey, great, I'm gonna throw 20% more here. Shit, look at that, my business didn't do fuck all because of it. Now you know that's a waste. You can probably pull back and spend there. Maybe cover your EBITDA without, without hurting your overall revenue. That's not a thing MER is going to tell you. Number four, what is the estimated return on that, right? What is the lifetime value on those transactions? So let's say we know 50% of them are new, 50% of them are old. For the purpose of this conversation, it's never 50-50. I'm just making something stupid fucking simple for this in conversation. And we sell something for, say, 100 bucks. Well, we know $50 of that is a continuation to an LTV of, say, 200 And $50 of that is the beginning of an LTV to 200 Well, now we know that, really, what can we afford when we factor in COGS and everything else? What is our blended CPA allowable for that transaction? Well, now we can start to take a look at actionable data. If we're above our allowable CPA, we know, okay, our action today, while our blending was good, our action today is we need to continue to improve the efficiency on our blended CPA inside by affecting this channel by making it more efficient. That might mean on Facebook, I'm gonna go to my control ad, my, my one ad set with all my control ads in it, see what is my biggest liability in there and run an iterative test on it to reduce my CPA so that I can take down my blended average and then I can feed more data points below the line so that Facebook gets better and better, driving me a higher quality customer at a higher volume below that data point so that I can reduce my blended CPA across my entire thing so that I can then scale my brand. PowerPoint. Maybe you're under that CPA target on that channel. Well, if you're 10% under that CPA target for the last week or two, 
you could legitimately just jack spend by 10%. If you get no more sales out of that 10%, which is also not, you're going to get a fucking sale too. You are going to lift everything else. Your email open rates are going to go up. Your search volume is going to go up. Your organic reach is going to go up on all platforms because more people get to see you, which is creating more awareness for individuals. It gives you a better engagement in optimized CPM environments like TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, etc. Let's get more traffic to your site. Maybe you don't make any more sales, which again is absolute bullshit, but you are going to raise everything. That's valuable. That's incremental lift. That's what Facebook brings it. Google can't do in the same kind of way. Email can't do in the same kind of way. TikTok arguably can do, although it's less pinpointable because their machine doesn't have you know over a decade of data and it doesn't know how to prime and condition individuals to take specific actions around what they're trying to do. But it's really fucking good at getting people to do something, even if it doesn't get credit, because honestly, attribution is bullshit anyway. So the fifth point. The fifth point here is ultimately, what is my business objective? Am I trying to get top line growth? Am I trying to get bottom line growth? Am I going for market share? Am I trying to scale the entire business but stay one inch below profitable? Those are all really good business models. Those are all proven successes. But at the end of the day, you've got to know what your goal is, and MER won't tell you fuck all about it. Let's say your objective is to just start making more and more profit on every dollar spent. You're like, well, my MER keeps going up. Great. But what about the lifetime value of any of those transactions? What about your operating costs? What about your cost of goods? What about the subscription revenue that's going to be coming in on of all of that stuff? Maybe you've like 5x your returning value, in which case... You're doing fantastic, or maybe none of those customers are buying anything because you're making a shit ton of money on something that tells people that you're actually not that good and they never want to buy from you again, so you're hurting your long-term growth. What, what then? Well, well, I mean, it's not going to tell you fuck all about any of that information. So is it really valuable? Where I come from, the answer to that's no. For the same reason that ROAS doesn't really mean anything because it lacks actionable context. So what I'm really trying to get here is I'm happy to see that people have stopped having the conversation because believe me, it irked me so bad to see the experts and the thought leaders and everybody else say delayed attribution is real. And then as soon as iOS 14 came along and did everybody the favor of taking away 28 day click, Ad agencies couldn't lie to their clients. Clients couldn't lie to themselves. And honestly, it's not necessarily something that people did out of just like neglect or to take advantage of people. Many of them weren't sophisticated enough to understand that. And yes, delayed attribution is a real thing, but what we're really talking about is the halo effect of incremental lift. My point is, what are we going to do now? Because MER is important, and I'm glad that people are looking at it. It's a step forward. But if you want to be ahead of the game, if you want to grow your business, if you want to work less to make more money and have a much higher confidence in what you're doing and continue to, on a stable, projectable fashion, get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and really achieve your goal, whether it's top line growth, bottom line growth, revenue driven, maybe it's just market share, any of those objectives, 
Then what really matters here is two facets of your business. CPA plus COGS divided by LTV. Remember, that's the shark tank equation. That is the golden rule when it comes to growing a business. And ultimately, incremental lift. You can take action by channel. And if you want to know more about incremental lift, I did a great definitive guide on that a while ago. You can go check out the playlist. It's on there. It's another half an hour of me shouting at the screen, and hopefully you'll learn something from it. I know it's valuable information. It might not be something you can take in. If you have questions about it, please feel free to ask. My point here to close with all of this is I'm excited by the fact that everybody was forced to be uncomfortable and get better. I think that ad agencies and advertisers are forced to be more aligned with the business needs of their clients, which ultimately means ad agencies are going to have the opportunity to be more successful so they can hire more people. Their clients have the opportunity to be successful so they can hire more people. At the end of the day, what we're talking about is the more sophisticated you are and the less of the ego you bring into the reporting, the more opportunities you create for other people around the world to achieve their dreams and provide jobs and make more money. That's a really fucking good thing. I just realized, like, Dara Denny helped me get monetized. Thank you, Dara. And I've just been cussing up a storm, so YouTube's going to hate me on this video. But whatever. This is what really matters. So I would challenge you today to get down to an allowable blended CPA across your entire business. And then use platform-level attribution to understand an allowable CPA by platform. And then figure out everything in your business that makes executing or analyzing on that data more difficult. Find basically every liability to your growth. And if you can strip away, I can't tell you how many times I've stripped away like 80% of what people gave a shit about and we quadrupled their business. It's not personal, it's business. And it's not like we're firing people, we're just killing off ad sets and campaigns. We're not promoting specific products anymore. It's the same thing of just firing departments of a business to streamline and make it more profitable. Because remember, every campaign is basically uh, uh, you know, a sales manager, every ad set is a salesperson, every ad within it is a sales pitch. So yeah, you're, you're probably going to fire 80% of your salespeople, theoretically, right? The digital salespeople of the world. And as a result, you're going to get way fucking better at making money. Just don't fall into the trap of trying to continually improve the business, continually try new things, continually feed your ego and your inquisitive nature that got you to this point because that is going to get you to a certain level. But if you don't change the way you think, if you don't change the way that you approach data, if you don't go from somebody that has a really cool product to somebody that can run a really good business, you're going to be crippled. And that's the biggest pain point I see in brands that say, Facebook doesn't work anymore. Or I can't get past a thousand or scaling's impossible. And other brands which are scaling regularly. You know, Q1 of this year, and I'll end with this point. I went through this process with two of my brands, a CBD business and a women's clothing business. 
And as a result, we went from, oddly enough, both of them were promoting about five or six products, one at about 500 a day, one at about 5,000 a day. Real numbers, it's just odd how, how similar they were. That CBD business was at 500. We're over $2,000 a day now in less than 100 days. That women's clothing business that was at 5,000, we're gonna be doing close to 30,000 a day. In Q1 of 2022, while the stock market is crashing, while everybody's saying the direct-to-consumer stuff is broken, because yes, that shit sucks and it hurts us, but our opportunity to improve our business is generally the biggest hurdle that most businesses can overcome right away to get better right away. So if you want to really grow your business regardless of the outside macroeconomic system, I can almost guarantee a, a heartfelt assurance from me. There's probably two to five X opportunity just by not doing all of the wrong things anymore. And it's not that you've been doing it wrong. It's that nobody took the time and energy to show you how what you thought was a good idea was actually a liability to the success of your dreams. So that's what this is about. With that, YouTube, uh, let me get, YouTube thinks you might like these videos here. I think the subscribe button is over there. There we go. And uh, until next time, I'll see you on the internet.